0: Welcome to Hearing God with Gary and Jane Berry. Do you want to grow in your intimacy with Father God, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Join us as we share insights and practical tips that you can apply today. Hi, I'm Gary Berry and together with my wife Jane, we host Hearing God, a podcast that helps people hear from God. Today we have practical tips to help you grow in your hearing from God.
1: Hang on a minute, Gary. Just before we start, just to help listeners realise that we do have show notes on our website, if you go to garyandjane.co, you'll get quite a full transcript of the notes that we're talking about today and the Bible verses and stuff. So check that out.
0: And also links.
1: And also the links that we mentioned today. So check that out. And back to you, Gary.
0: So the first principle we want to talk today is about cultivating intimacy with God. So the first part of that is really focusing on God. I think it's really important to be obedient in the little things, those little nudges that you get when we sense God may be saying something. Actually respond to those things. Do what you sense you need to do in that situation.
1: Oh, look, I even had one last night, Gary. We dropped off our son for his Air Force cadets camp for the weekend. And our daughter was had youth leadership at youth group and then was going to the state youth games. Gary and I had nothing planned and Sarah had sent a message saying, hey, I forgot our, my camping chair. Can you drop that off between 6.30 and 8.30? We were like, yep. Gary said, I'll drop it off at 6.30. And just before he went to leave, I went, hmm. Hang on, I just feel to ask her what would be the ideal time to drop it off. Now, normally I wouldn't even think of that, but I did, and she came back with us uh, 7 p.m. So Gary said, "Oh, all right, I'll wait another half an hour." And in that half an hour, Sarah realised she needed a particular card, uh, working with children card that she needed the physical card she needed on her that was at home. Now we could have said, "Oh, you you know you've got to drive 20 minutes back." Get these things, then head off, you know, an hour and a half away to the state youth games. But we had nothing on, so we we're like, all right, we'll drop it off. I didn't recognize it until Gary pointed it out, but that was actually a Holy Spirit nudge of asking Sarah what particular time. Because if Gary had left when he first went to, then Sarah still, we either would have had to have gone back with that working with children card, or she would have had to driven home to us at the end of the night. So just those little things. I don't recognise them as Holy Spirit nudges, but I'm learning to see them as that. I sometimes give myself too much credit and God not enough credit. (laughs) Anyhow, that was a huge long story. Gary, go for it. All
0: right, look, there's a proverb that is really helpful in this situation. I like Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And that's amazing that he keeps us on track no matter what's happening, if we're prepared to listen to those promptings, to those things that he's saying to us. Then there's also the story about the faithful servant, the parable of the faithful servant, where God will give you greater responsibility based on actually listening and being responsive in those little things.
1: That's a really important point, Gary, growing awareness of those Holy Spirit promptings. And when we're obedient in the little things and responsive to the little things, God gives us more. John ten twenty seven. I can't get away from that. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So when we, we've really finally tuned in to God's voice, it makes life so much better. So for me, if people come to mind, I'm quickly learning to send them a text or ring them. I usually text people because I prefer that. But I, I will contact them and just, hey, how are you going? Thinking of you, praying for you or whatever. And they usually respond by going, oh, you have no idea, Jane, of that was exactly what I needed stuff I'm going through. Gary, do you have any Holy Spirit promptings?
0: Yes. Well, all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there was a couple of ones that stood out to me recently. One of them I was at our shopping centre. I was walking out of the Woolies and going to Macart, and there was a chap that was selling the big issue. That's uh, usually they're unemployed people. They get people to buy that magazine and they get the profits from it. But I just really felt prompted at that time. I have a coin container that I had in my pocket like a little purse and I just emptied that out and gave it to him. And he said, oh, how about the magazine? I said, well, someone else can buy that one and you can get the money from that. But I just really felt prompted to empty it out and end up being the amount that you would normally pay for it. It's just a little prompting that God had given me in that situation. And then we have a post office box at the local post office where we get mail collected and out the front there was a chap it was about eight o'clock in the morning and he was rough sleeping he had a sleeping bag sort of he was partially in that with bit of a rug around him and he had gloves on he was in a pretty groggy state I think he was probably just starting to wake up but I felt prompted once again to give to him what the largest note was in my wallet and I thought oh well that's pretty straightforward be 20 bucks And I looked at my wallet, yes, $20, but then I felt prompted to look at my little purse and in it I often have a little $50 note just (laughs) sitting there just in case for emergency. And so I pulled that out and put it in his hand. He sort of roughly said thank you. It was still pretty groggy, 8 o'clock in the morning. That was a situation where I felt prompted in the little things, prompted to just give it to him. I didn't make a big deal. I didn't try and connect with him, talk to him a lot about it. I just put it in his hand and then kept on going.
1: Great. Wonderful examples. Do you ever feel prompted when perhaps there's something you don't want to do?
0: Yeah, recently there was someone that I felt that I needed to, well, I felt prompted to contact, but I was quite reluctant to do that. And I held up for a while. And then I did end up reaching out to that person. I sort of just bit the bullet and did it. And yeah, it was not really a relief, but I just knew it was something that I needed to do. That The Holy Spirit had been tapping on my shoulder to do. And I find the best idea in relation to that is just step out, just make the most of the situation, step out and just do something about it. Sometimes we don't want to do something because we're not sure how someone's going to react or or that sort of stuff. But I think the best principle in this respect is leaving the results to God, doing what you feel prompted to do and just whatever happens, happens, but leaving it up to God to sort it out.
1: That's like the principle with evangelism, with sharing your faith, taking each step, taking each opportunity to share your faith in the power of the Holy Spirit, but leaving the results to God. Anyhow... Go
0: on, go. Oh, I've got another story, actually. <laughs> uh, it wasn't me, but I remember there was a friend of mine, yeah, I'm talking about 40 years ago, and he was a, a young apprentice at the time working in the city. There was these underground toilets that you would go to, I think it was in Elizabeth Street, but they'd have people that, were, that would be the caretaker, cleaner caretaker, whatever there. He felt prompted to share his faith, but then he thought, oh, that seems dodgy, so he left. But then he thought, no, I should do it. So he went back down the stairs to talk to this guy. Nah, this is awkward. So he left. I think the fourth time, finally, he shared his faith with this guy. Now, I don't know what happened as a result of him sharing it, but it was just interesting that he ended up doing it. And really, that's all God wants is our obedience to those promptings. That's a really
1: good point.
0: So, Jane, you're someone a little bit different to me, whereas I have senses, promptings, feelings, that sort of thing from God. You've mentioned, even in some of our previous podcasts, how you hear audible voices from God, that is. (laughs) (laughs) Can you unpack that a little bit more for us about your experience of hearing the audible voice of God?
1: In previous episodes, I've talked about how I had an audible voice One of the first times I heard God, recognised I heard God, and then an audible voice to homeschool and an audible voice to keep homeschooling. And I've shared those in previous episodes. I can't remember now which ones. I'll put the link in the notes. With the podcast, we didn't actually have an audible voice to start this. Now, I'm recognising that God speaks to me through my different senses and when I sense or feel stuff, I need to, if it's of God and not, you know, to go and do something stupid or kill someone or whatever. But if it's something great, then to really go for it. And I can remember when I wrote the book, Ministering Like Jesus, How to Grow in Healing, Deliverance and Miracles. I'd been reading in my daily quiet time, Luke 5 12 to 15, about Jesus healing a man with leprosy. And it really impressed upon my heart wow, well, Jesus didn't pray for the guy. He didn't say, Lord, you know, Father God, I pray that this man will be healed. He just commanded the disease to go. I'm like, there's some keys there. And as I kept reading through the Gospels, I realized, Well, there's some real keys that we have here on healing. And I really felt God sort of impress upon me to write this book. Now, I hadn't ever, I was not a writer. And English was definitely not my favourite subject at school. I wasn't good at English. But I thought, whatever. And a few months later, probably about three or four months later, I was in Healing Worms Leadership Team meeting. And someone brought up that it'd be a good way to help the team members grow by writing a devotional book. And if we all contributed, you know, a day to this for 21 or 30 days, and oh, it was like an arrow would pierce my heart with the Holy Spirit convicting me that mm, I actually asked you this a few months ago and you haven't done anything about it. So I thought, oh, look, that's fine. It's for the whole leadership team. And I submitted my devotion and no one else did. And I went, God was sort of tapping me on the shoulder going, James, I've actually asked you to do this. You need to get off your butt and do something about it. So I did. And with the podcast, a few people have asked, oh, "Well, how, how did you come to you and Gary to start the podcast? And I've got no real answer. I know that over the last few years, certain friends have encouraged me. And I actually did a free podcast course about five, six years ago, and it was just too hard. I did it, and then it was like, this is so much work. I'm so much out of my depth with anything audio or technical. So I left it, wrote the book, and then towards the end of last year, really sensed, actually, we need to do a podcast on the prophetic, hearing God's voice. Helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus through being able to hear God and the outworkings of that. And I suppose as far as my next step, I'm at that stage where Sarah's at uni, Josh is in his last year of homeschooling. And next year he'll probably be living in another state due to the job that he's applied for. So I'm open to what God has for me in the next step. I haven't heard an auditory voice I just really sense it's more to do with ministry and resources and creating resources what really comes to me is first and second samuel when david was deciding whether to go into battle he inquired of the lord and i think that's something i don't do enough i don't inquire of the lord i just sort of go about my way and i need to spend you know, a significant amount of time just asking God. In 2 Samuel 5 17 to 24, David inquired of the Lord again, and God said, Yes, go, but don't go straight up, circle around instead. And I think that's the principle that I take away from that is God may say, Yes, but do it this other way than what you're thinking. So for me, my next step is spending that time inquiring
0: of the Lord. Really, what you're saying is that David was giving a specific strategy to overcome. And what's helpful for us to do as we develop greater intimacy with God, as we start stepping out, is to really listen to him. And even though it seems a little bit different, the strategy that we're being given, if we truly believe it's God speaking to us, then step out in obedience. It's almost as we take that one step, And it may not, but he gives you all the stepping stones, say if you think of a river, to cross the river, there's a a series of stepping stones. He may not give you every stepping stone, but you take one step at a time. Yeah, it's like that
1: Indiana Jones movie. Indy was on that chasm, stepping, he had to get from one side of the chasm to the other, and there was a, a path, but the steps to take, he had to actually step out first and then the step became
0: concrete and apparent well it did cheat a little bit he threw a handful of sand over it and so it did sort of form but it was still sort of really invisible but as yeah as he took that step it became evident that there was a bridge between between the two and that's so important for us stepping out of our comfort zone so jane is there another principle that is helpful or Yeah, verse from the Bible that you find, or passage that you find helpful in this respect?
1: Yeah, there would be. Uh, Our first principle was cultivating intimacy with God. Our second principle is practice. And for me, the Bible verse, I think, would be, let me think, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, how we live by faith and not by sight. And I think Joshua 2 comes into that, Rahab with the spies, now, she'd heard about this amazing God and how the Israelites had had this miraculous intervention through the Red Sea, and she took a risk. It didn't make sense to her, to anyone else. It probably didn't even make sense to her, but it did not make sense to hide these Israelites. But she had a sense or a feeling that there was something bigger at play here, that the God who saved them They were something special. So she had to work in with that God and help save them too. And she took a risk and it paid off. And I think for us, it's a lifestyle of taking opportunities, every opportunity. I can remember, oh, back now, about nine, ten years ago, our daughter had an invitation to have afternoon tea with the Prime Minister and... Opened the mail, wow, this came. And so immediately we're like, oh, yes. But our second thought was not, oh, what are we going to wear? What she going to wear? Who can go with her, That sort of stuff. Our second thought was, let's write a prophetic word for him." Now, people said to me afterwards, we would never have thought of that. Well, for us, that was our way of thinking. We'd take every opportunity. So Gary and I both sat down and typed out a word and printed it off on an A4 sheet of paper. Both kids drew pictures, and we wrote out what the meaning of the picture was. And so when Sarah had afternoon tea with the Prime Minister, we actually handed over those four pieces of paper in an envelope to his bodyguard to give to him. We didn't say draw him aside and say, oh, we've got this prophetic word for you. (laughs) We just gave them to him just with a cover note saying, hey, this is what we sensed for you and left it with him. I have no idea of how he responded, but we took the opportunity. It's like from James 2, 15 to 17, where you see a need and you fulfil it. So at the time I was involved in a meal for people with, oh,
0: the struggling, struggling
1: life. life, yeah. And so, Sarah and I were involved with that meal, and I saw a need in that some of these people had never been celebrated on their birthday. Their birthday had often gone unnoticed and not celebrated for who they were. So, I really felt, let's start buying birthday cakes for them and writing a birthday card. And I really sensed inside the birthday card, I'm going to write a prophetic word for them. Now, people who are struggling or have mental illness you have to be extremely careful of your wording that it's not taken out of context or anything like that so it was really good practice for me some weeks there could be no birthday cards to write others three or five birthday cards and I would spend the time when my kids were at swimming lessons I had 40 minutes and I would sit on the side and I would be writing these birthday cards and it'd be just like Whatever comes out during this time, that's what goes in.
0: What sort of language? Because you said you've got to be careful in this situation. So how would you top and tail what you wrote in
1: it? Oh, look, I I didn't use any Christianese sort of language, churchy language. I would just put dear whatever, you know, happy birthday. And then I just have a real sense that you are a person of and start with encouraging them and then sort of things like that. So it wasn't, this is a prophetic word.
0: But there were things that you were saying that God was really highlighting Mm. about these people. Yeah. And you were able to release those things to them. What sort of response did you often get when they opened the card?
1: People loved them. And I've often had people say, you know, eight years later, I've still got that card that you wrote. Because it really touched, God really touched their heart. Mm. Other ways that I've practised was when the kids were younger, we used to go for a daily walk. And as we walked up the road past neighbor's house, I would go, all right, number 16, let's ask God for a prophetic word for them. Now, I would never actually tell them that or, you know, write it on a note, put it in their letterbox, nothing like that. It was more just me practising hearing from God. So they never knew. But I would just go, all right, God, what is it? And I would then get it and I may even say it out loud, like, so you are a person of da-da-da-da, really encouraging or bless this house, the people that live in there and da-da, but they would never hear it.
0: It's it's almost like you're doing prophetic intercession where you're interceding on behalf of these people to God but they didn't really know what you were doing. And it's,
1: it's looking for the hidden gold. Viewing people through God's eyes, supernatural eyes. I think that principle from Romans 12, verse 2, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I sense that as we grow more intimate with God and practice and live our life through God's eyes and transforming ourselves more to his image, the image he's created us to be, then we can transform the environment around us.
0: That's amazing.
1: Gary, I think we're going to have to split this episode over two. It just seems like perhaps our stories have got a little bit out of control. Yeah, it
0: feels a bit like story time (laughs) with Gary and Jane sometimes, but...
1: Let's rein it in. And today's prophetic activation that we have at the end of every episode, be great if you could ask God, just turn your heart and thoughts to God and just ask him: Is there someone that you could ring, text, or message to encourage them? Someone who needs encouragement. So just ask God, and then if a person comes to mind, just either ring them or send them a quick text, just thinking of you right praying for them, make sure that you are praying for them. And just practice that over this next week.
0: So if you get stuck, it's that first thought principle. If there's a name, even if you haven't contacted them for a period of time, sometimes God's just prompting you to, to do it.
1: Yeah. So both of us have asked God what he would love to say to a listener today. Gary, did you want to go first?
0: Yeah, I just have a sense that there's people that are struggling with a sense of hope. Yeah, they're just wondering what to do, you know, how to move forward, that sort of stuff. They're really struggling with the hope that they need. I'd really want to encourage them today to look at those four letters, H O P E, and ask God for a word for each one of those. Use hope as a bit of an acronym and a word for each or a phrase for each one of those letters to give you a greater sense of hope. That God will just Help lift your eyes above your situation.
1: That's good. I just had a real sense that someone is going through a change of season. There's been a period of turbulence and the clarity is now going to appear. You'll be able to see the way forward. And I really sense Isaiah 40, 31, that part where it says, those who hope in the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. run." and not be tired, walk and not be faint. And I sense from your period of almost like silence or in that turbulent season, but you've really drawn close to God and that intimacy and the benefit now will be very apparent. Gary, over to you
0: to pray. Father, we just want to thank you today. Thank you today for who you are for the amazing God that you are, for the intimacy that you want to have with each one of us. May we draw close to you. May we hear from you, no matter where where we are, no matter what we're doing. May we allow you to penetrate our heart and our mind at all times. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: It would be great if you could ask God who you could share this podcast with and then share the podcast with them and also to subscribe and rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app in our next episode we will be covering part two of practicing hearing the voice of god thanks for listening goodbye